shuttle launch. Engage vocal visit. Standing by. You are listening to the Blockade Podcast. Welcome, everyone. I'm your host, Shut Your Trap. Also known as Chris Freebus, but we don't talk about that. Um, with us today is Jeff Strong. Happy New Year. Oh, wait, we did that one already. Yeah, we did that one. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Morgs. Hello there, everybody. And Sean Don Carlos. Greetings, Earthlings. Hi there. My God, she's alive. Yes. So, here we are. We are in the uh, midst of February. And uh, which so is actually far, hard to tell here because it's it's about sixty five and sunny in St. Louis right that, now. That's why I was just going to comment. You know, here in Southern California, it's a uh, bright blue skies and uh, I don't know seventy five degrees, maybe eighty. I don't know. It's yeah, the, definitely the, not winter. <laughs> the difference is is that your seventy five and eighty will last through tomorrow, and mine will not. It's supposed well, to be thirty here tomorrow. Wow, that's a temperature swing. Welcome <laughs> to St. Louis. My God, I'd be sick constantly. Yeah, well, we are in the winter. I know, but just just uh, I know yeah, I get it's, sick it, every time you go in and out of you know cold weather to hot weather kind of thing, and that would just be torturous. Yeah, it, it gets a little silly here sometimes, but we're used to it. Yeah, that's what you get for living over there, though. <laughs> I know, no culture. Lots of pinball here, though. Lots and lots, lots of, of pinball. pinball. Actually, we're going to be uh, getting into a little bit of uh, lots of pinball because uh, Jeff. Did you or did you not go to the Arcade Expo in lovely, uh, God knows where it actually is, Banning, California? <laughs> I, I can actually confirm that. I was there. <laughs> I mean, Banning is pretty much you know one of the armpits of California. If, I mean, there's nothing around there. I mean, even the name sounds bad. Well, it's kind of on the way to Palm Springs, isn't it? So it's kind of yes, like... it is. It is a on the way, and there is a uh, casino uh, that's like this. You're, you're driving down in the vast world of nothing, and then there's this one giant, you know... Oasis of some sort. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This bright neon blinking thing of, stop here, otherwise it's another 45 minutes to civilization. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you don't Banning break down in between. Right? Yeah. Sounds like a good place for a uh, moderated conference. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it does. It's I've been nice to Palm Springs. Springs. It's right near there. It's actually like 20 minutes from my house, actually, so I kind of live... Right on the edge of the desert, anyway. So, and it's like, hey man, twenty minutes. It's like I'd be a fool not to go. Because me and Heretic were talking about it in the chat room. I was like, yeah, I might go. You know, he's like, what are you, retarded or something? You're, you're talking <laughs> about not going, and it's like twenty minutes from your house. I was like, yeah, it's probably gonna be like super crowded and stuff. And he talked me into going, and I was like, man, it was such a blast. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they only have seven hundred and fifty pinball yeah, machines. I don't know if it's worth my time or not. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a tough, right? pretty measly offering, but uh, you know, I guess I'll trace it with my presence and go but that, that being said i didn't bother to go it was it's 90 minutes away from me and uh i was worried about the crowds and for some reason i had it in my mind that this was the uh for, for well i'm sure nobody knows uh <laughs> about a year ago maybe a little bit longer there was a kickstarter the guy that owns the majority of these machines was wanting to open up a uh full-time pinball facility um, like you know, something of the nature of seventy thousand square feet of uh, pinball, and he wasn't able to get the funds to open, and so he said, "Don't worry, we'll be opening later or whatever." And then a year later, also, it's this pinball expo, and this is his thing. It's in the buildings that he bought, and I thought, "Oh, sweet, this is just the opening weekend. 
and I'll go when it's less crowded. And then I found out that, no, he's just doing the expos right now. He's not actually opening the place up for people to come every weekend. Yeah, that was, <laughs> right after I went, I was like, man, I, you know, I got to get a hold of this guy and find out, you know, when he's going to be open. You know, it's like, when is this thing going to be regular basis open to the public? And it turns out that they're having some legal issues with their, their permit because it's kind of like an industrial zoning that they're in. I think it's yeah. like an old industrial building of some sort. Well, that'd it's, be really the only buildings big enough. Yeah. I mean, this mm, place is yeah, huge. Yeah, exactly. Two huge rooms that they've turned. One's dedicated to pinball. The other one's dedicated to old, or just arcade games in general, like, you know, Dig Dug and Pac-Man and all that. So it's just enormous. But the problem they're having is uh, just with their, their zoning. And they're only able to have, have it open twice a year now. So they're just doing the expo twice a year. So it's going to be back again in October for another expo. Yeah, that's a long wait. But yeah, it's pretty incredible to think that, I think they said like 99% of these machines are owned by this one dude. That's just, that's got to be close to some kind of a record as far as... I was going to say, that has to be either the largest or one of the largest collections in the world, if that's true. I know Tim Arnold has more. I know that. He's he's got thousands in a warehouse. This place makes the Pimble Hall of Fame look like a... Well, no, no, no. Tim doesn't have them all on display. That's the thing. Tim has a warehouse... And once it was once or twice a year he was opening up the warehouse and having people come and play machines, and that's what inspired him to open up the Pinball Hall of Fame, where it could just be a daily thing. Oh, that's right, because because wasn't it like Farsight actually went to one of his warehouses, like some yes. some like airplane yeah, hangar or something? That's and... how the uh, Gottlieb collection, I think, yeah, came yes, to being exactly. So no, he's got he's got I know over a thousand machines as far oh, as wow. I, I mean. I think that was one of the things that I had read. Um, now, in what working shape? I don't know. I think this guys were in much, much better condition than yeah. uh, than what Tim has. There were so many that were in working condition, but there were quite a few that weren't just because he has so many, and they've been in storage. And you know, I mean, that's a lot of work to get them all up and running. You know, I bet he got some volunteers. He did. He did. He had a lot of volunteers. <laughs> oh, and, and people. No, that, I mean, just after just after the expo, people just going like, "What? What? You need? To, I want to work on these. Yes, I will <laughs> commit some time and you know make this better." <laughs> For sure, man. If I had the skills, I'd be right there, ready to sign up. I mean, in a heartbeat. So, what was it, what Me was too. it like walking into that room and just seeing that many machines? I mean, the noise must have just been incredible. It was just awe inspiring, man. I mean. I've been in some larger arcades as a kid. I mean, like I mentioned before in a previous podcast, Indiana Beach was just huge as a kid. I mean, it was just an enormous arcade. But going into this, it was it was almost like going back in time to that, but on an even bigger scale. And I was just blown away. And, of course, I mean, just hearing the bells and chimes from all the EMs and then mixed in with the DMD machines and the new stuff, it was a pretty nice mix. You know, it was, it was incredible. It was almost like, man don't want this night to end and of course you didn't have time to play even a fraction of the machines that we wanted to play so that's one of the things with- I mean, it's almost like did you even have time to like walk the aisles and no. see everything or was it just kind of this blur <laughs> no i mean you don't even have time to look at everything let alone even try a portion of the machines yeah. that you'd like to play so i mean i didn't have time they were, to- they were all set on free play right yeah of course it was it was only like yeah, twenty awesome. bucks to get in per person because we we found like a groupon ticket online for a discount and uh so it was quite the quite the deal to be able to go in there and play to your heart's content for for that amount of money and it was just mind blowing man and I didn't have time to go to like any of the conferences they had all kinds of little you know Roger Sharp was there putting on a conference and different people and stuff and it's like man 
if I have the choice to go around and do the conferences or play, I think I'd rather play, you know, so yeah. <laughs> I, I spend my time as wisely as possible. And, like, I didn't even talk to Farsight or anything. It's like, you know, I've met the guys before. I've been at their studio. You know, it's we, like, we can talk to them when we want. Yeah, this is a gold mine of Pimble Street right. that I'm, I may yeah. not have access to for another <laughs> few months until October. So it's like I'm just going to take advantage of every single moment of time I have and make the most of it. Awesome. They had good music. They had um, – I think it's called like uh, chiptune music it's called. It's like the 8-bit NES style music. And they actually had pe- oh, okay. people performing that live on stage, which was pretty That's cool. <laughs> so they had that yeah, kind of well, pumped I'm, in I'm on the speakers. And stuff. well into that. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of really cool it, chip tune. Um, I was this is a Japanese guy I follow that was really sweet. It's called Sexy Synthesizer. Very cool if you haven't heard him. I would think that would get grating after a while, though. But maybe with all the pinball machines making racket, you can't really hear it. Yeah, it was kind of cool because they had that like on on the outside stage, and it was kind of like in the food court area you could hear it. But then in the pinball machine area, they had kind of like '70s uh, music, like you know, old classic rock, and like. You know, soul music and stuff playing, so it kind of felt like you were going back in time, especially if you're playing the EM machines and stuff. So it was, a, it was a pretty cool mix. I just have to give them two thumbs up for the execution, and they had all kinds of volunteers as far as you know, people helping out with the food court and everything. So it seemed like to be really well executed and planned. So I think the one in October is going to be even better. So it was. You're gonna was, you're gonna have to do uh, multiple days then in October. Yeah, I think so. One day wasn't enough. We went on Friday night, and actually the crowds weren't really too bad on Friday. Yeah, I saw the pictures from Saturday, though. Yeah, that was the, the day that they Saturday, actually... Saturday, they it looked like just a clogged artery. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the day they did the. Uh, they broke the record for the most people playing pinball at one point in time. They got the yeah. Guinness World Record. So it was, it was quite uh, packed to the gills on Saturday. Wow. I you look good. He's alive. <laughs> Jared, you uh, are helping some gentleman that also has a rather large collection of pinball tables now, aren't you? Yeah, well, I I actually uh, got contacted by um, by Ed of all pinball. He he saw what I was doing online, like doing the Blockade podcast and and that type of thing, and. Um, he wanted to to get me over to the uh, the warehouse that uh, he works at, which is over in a suburb called Morningside uh, in Brisbane. It's uh, about a twenty minute drive for me um, where I live, and I thought, sure, I'll, it's pinball. I'll go and have a look and see what's going on. And uh, uh, went out there, and it, it's pretty crazy. Hey, like they he has got well all pinball. He actually is a um, a contractor who works there um, for the owner Mark, and. Um, they have just got it's it's early solid state heaven they've got racks upon racks of pinball machines waiting to be um fixed up oh baby um, oh man it's it's incredible like they it's like a little treasure trove of <laughs> pinball underneath the um the area where these guys are working i couldn't really have a look too much in there because there's just so many and it goes back so far but they've got an incredible stock of of early solid states there. They're just waiting to be refurbished. And uh, I know these guys. Um, they actually imported a, a container of pins recently from, um, of all places, Zimbabwe. And um, okay, they have uh, Zimbabwe. In Zimbabwe. Right? I, I have, yeah. this, this is the educational part of our show. I have learned something. <laughs> I know. Me too. I was really surprised to hear where they got it from. Anyhow, they um, they got a container and, and they're slowly working their way through them and getting them uh, done. So, as 
a bit of uh, information for Australian people. Um, probably not so much relevant for US because of the amount of money it would take to get over there. You, if you want, they've got a list up on their Facebook page, um, but they've got some pretty nice titles there. Some of them rather sought after titles that you probably wouldn't be able to see very much of these days. Uh, for example, there was a, a Dolly Parton that was there, um, and there were a couple of other... Jeez, um, oh, what were some of the other names that they had there? Let me just go and... If you'll bear with me, I'll just go and open up my, my tablet. I'll go to Facebook. And Don't I'll worry, we can, we can fill time for you. We can just, <laughs> if we could have some loading music. Anyway, I can talk... Starting, talk starting with the, uh, the, the fact that Dolly Parton's pillbot machine is almost an insult to her, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> We have one so, at CP Pinball. It's um, not the most played thing in the uh, the building, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Well, they've got... Um, okay, here we are. So here's a page. The, so the post says... Um, so they're selling these, these games from between... This is refurbished. 1,500 Australian to 2,700 um, Australian, depending on condition. But for those guys who want to pick up one as a project pin, which is really, really rare to see these days in Australia, you can actually pick them up unshopped as well. So they'll sell them to you as is, and it's up to you to um, make it work. So when I went there, they actually had, in that shipment, they actually had an Indiana Jones that was just done up, very nice, like a Williams Indiana Jones. Uh, there was also a Frankenstein there that was waiting to be done up as well, which looked quite good. Um, but the other games they've got, they've got a Gottlieb The Games, a Williams Blackout... Godlieb Jacks to Open, Belly Pool Sharks, Belly Knight Rider, Williams Pinbot, Williams Alien Poker. Uh, there's, there's a Rack 'em Up from Godlieb, um, an Incredible Hulk from Godlieb. Some of these I haven't even heard of before. Um, a Belly Nitro Ground Shaker. Um, oh, wow. An we don't see those as much anymore. But even, how about this? There's actually an Ali, a stern Ali. Um, like Muhammad Ali, I think. So they're not hmm. that common, those. There's a Kiss. Uh, Lady Luck, Laser War. Jeez, oh, there's even a Big Guns from Williams. Uh, Matahari, uh, Black Pyramid. I know those ones are really popular. Um, Black Pyramid. I don't know. I just play. They just had Black Pyramid at uh, the league night I was at, yeah. and everybody was complaining about just how bad of a pinball it is. <laughs> like yeah, they, they go, it's it's. They were kind of the guys who were playing it were kind of commenting that it's enjoyable for about five minutes. And then you mm. realize there's just nothing to do on the thing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd like it in my collection as such because I, yeah. you know, I have so many pinballs at home at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, you know, it's it's fun. I played it at, at um, Free Gold Watch in um, uh, San Francisco there, and it was it was not bad actually. The other thing they got there is a Flight 2000, and um, that's not one I think I've ever seen down here in Australia. Hmm, Flight uh, 2000, I believe that might be the table of the week right now. Hmm. Yeah, I heard that. More on that later. Yeah, the more thing, on that later. There's, like, there's actually a Taxi, Black Knight 2K. There's some really good titles in here. I won't go through the whole list because it's rather long, actually. There's <laughs> lots, and lots and lots of good games here that you can get for, well... Sounds like it. Yeah, pretty cheap. Anyhow, that wasn't actually an ad. They didn't pay me for that. I just thought it'd be worth sharing um, that they've got all these really cool old tables here that are available for sale, and that just doesn't happen that often anymore. So, yeah, they've actually a picture. So if you go to the, um, if you want to have a look, it's uh, the All Pinball Slash Paywell Playwell Games uh, Facebook page. 
and they've got some shots there. But they also invited me over so I could see an unboxing of the um, the Walking Dead LE as well. So mm-hmm. it was it was cool to be able to play that and um, see it actually being pulled out of the um, the box and uh, play it sort of the first. Uh, it's actually the second one to play it. So that was pretty nice. And I tell you what, I've seen the Walking Dead Pro and the Walking Dead LE just blows it away. It's so much better. Well, yeah, that's thanks, pretty Stern. typical of Stearns. <laughs> yeah. The pros almost weren't, aren't worth bothering with anymore. No, the pros are just for tight operators who don't want to spend the money. The problem is that from us down here in Australia, it's going to be, uh, become increasingly more and more difficult to justify the premium or LE models because with the Australian dollar the way it is at the moment, the uh, the distributor down here um, is probably going to have to end up charging $11,000 Australian for Oof. a an LE. So even pros, like with the Australian dollar falling below $0.80, cents, is they're going to be up around $8,000. So gone are the days when you could have gone and picked up a uh, a Walking Dead, uh, not a Walking Dead, like an ACDC Pro for like five or six grand down here. It's just no longer possible. Man, that's incredible. I know. So this is why these project pins, these these one thousand five hundred to two thousand seven hundred jobs down here. Sure, they're old titles, but it means that pinball remains affordable for people in Australia. So the more there's a couple of guys doing this. These guys are one of them. There's another company that um, the Pinheads Pinball Podcast featured um, a while back, who imports containers um, from all over the world. And these guys really are keeping pinball alive down here, making pinball affordable for people. To um, to play and actually have in their collections because I could probably I might be able to do like a one thousand five hundred dollar pinball machine but there's no way in heck I'll be able to do an eight thousand dollar one you know no. so no. yeah I I thank them for doing what they do because it's a risky business I mean the Pinheads Pinball Podcast have have covered on a number of occasions. Um, how risky it is to actually commit to like importing a container down here it's yeah you've got to have nerves of steel to do it so you know when people like this do it it's where all the pinheads around australia are very thankful find jared's gofundme page um oh. <laughs> <laughs> all, donations, all donations gratefully accepted for, i made a little bit of space in my garage actually um which has been taken up with boring things like like reclaiming fence palings and painting them to make borders for fences. I might try to fill those places with pinball machines. So <laughs> if if you if anyone would like to donate to the make Jared have pinballs in his garage fund, you can <laughs> use my Gmail address <laughs> and please send me all the money. So yes, go go do that now. <laughs> uh speaking of pinball restoration, so I was at, uh, like I said, at the league night, uh, and it was on Super Bowl Sunday. So there goes to show you where uh, pinball people's uh, priorities are. Although we did have the Super Bowl up on many TVs, the the way the guy had this house set up. Anyway, you don't need to know. But uh, (laughs) so uh, the I've mentioned it before. Our league, we go to uh, different collectors' houses and we play their machines. And so uh, this guy, his name was Tim. He had built an add-on to his house, the just a small little room, but it can hold nine tables. And he had custom tile put down so that it had a little uh, flipper and ball at the entrance and a little pinball machine at the uh, exit. And he put a sign outside that's lit up in neon that says tilt. Um, it's, it's just it's just a cool little space 
for uh, for these tables. But he likes his machines just shy of immaculate, <laughs> and he had this firepower in there that was mind blowing to me. He had done a full cabinet re- restoration on it. It was just like high lacquer black. It was just incredible on the outside. His play field was a, a, a CPR reproduction, and he, you know, he had it LED'd out, and it had the uh, drop targets instead of the stand-up targets and stuff. But anyway, so you know, how can I resist playing this thing? Because... You know, you've we, just, we just, we um, just, I've got one kind of. <laughs> and yeah, you've got one, it's there, me, it's a big piece of furniture yeah, at the moment, but. <laughs> yeah, he showed me, he showed me his old play field that he replaced, and I can say that my play field is in better condition than his was, so that made me feel better. And he, oh, he found a, I guess in 1992 or something like that, Williams reproduced the back glasses, because the original back glasses were notorious for flaking and the paint all coming off. So Williams did a re uh, a rerun of the back glass, and he got one of those. So he had his old back glass, and I checked that out. And again, mine was in about the same condition, which isn't horrible. It's not great, but it's not horrible by any stretch of the imagination. So I was like, okay, mine's just kind of the uh, average look and stuff. But this thing looked like a sparkling jewel, and it didn't play a thing like the <laughs> pinball arcade version. <laughs> oh, that doesn't really surprise me. <laughs> it was well, you know, the the biggest shock was it's so much slower, and the flippers mm. do not have near the power that uh, Pinball Arcade put in it. Um, getting the ball up to the top uh, ball lock was kind of like a you know a prayer and a wish. You know, you could hit that yeah. spinner perfectly perfect, and it would barely, maybe I had the. The only time I got it in, it actually bounced off of the top of one of the inlanes and and bounced in. Um, you know, it needed it needed that hop. But one of the cool things that he had done was he had installed uh, System Seven boards, and that way he could also have a seven digit display instead of the uh, six digit that it normally came with. But I guess there's some individual out there that created custom. Uh, well, they call it a deluxe ROM. And so it added just a couple of little tweaks to the game. And the biggest one that I thought was just so cool was a skill shot. Oh, and cool. what that was, what that what it was was it left the spinner lit for about, I don't know, maybe five or ten seconds. So it would be, you know, launch the ball, have it drop through the in lanes, try and catch the ball, and then send it up the spinner. And if you did, then you got, and I, I don't know how many points because I never came close to hitting it. <laughs> it was like, ah, oh, the pressure! Um, <laughs> but uh, it was just one of those little things where it's like, man, it doesn't take much to tweak a game to make it feel just a little bit more modern, you know? Hmm. Um, it was it was pretty cool, and those drop targets were the bomb. Those were awesome. It, oh, man. Well, you know how the stand-up targets are kind of death if you hit them at certain angles? Oh, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the drop targets going away and then just having the you know the rubber behind it, um, it didn't make them quite so deadly anymore. That being said, it is every bit the outlane drain that it is in Pinball Arcade. I mean, it, they got that part right. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, man, those, those outlanes are pretty wide on that thing. Oh no! It's, yeah, it's vicious. It's vicious. Gaping chasms. Gaping, gaping chasms. 
Um, but what I was going to say, too, is uh, right next to it was uh, he'd also fully restored a whirlwind, which was pretty awesome. Yay. And then oh, on, the un- on the other side of that was uh, Wizard of Oz. And so here you've got this, you know, the most modern pin. Well, I guess it's not anymore the most modern, but Close the most it. modern pin that I have seen. And uh, sitting right next to this machine from, you know, 1980, 1981. And it was every bit of sparkly. I mean, it, it, it was just like, wow. It, you would have thought that it just rolled off the production line. It was Back at the, uh, the third rail before it uh, burned. Um, there were some machines from the late 70s. There was an Evil Knievel and a, a Mystic. I hated Mystic. Mystic did not like me, and <laughs> I did not like it. But um, same thing. I mean, they were in the exact same condition. Like, you, they, I mean, their play fields were all shiny. They were yeah. perfectly, you know, it's it, you know, obviously you could tell they were older just because of the, you know, they didn't have the DMDs and everything. But, I mean, as far as mechanical appearance and, and performance they were just as good as they were probably the day they were made unfortunately the third rail still has not reopened what's wrong with them well you know it takes a lot of uh, effort to rebuild a uh, building that was destroyed by fire um, I, from what I heard he's still doing it it's just taking a lot longer than he'd hoped he needs to get cracking get those <laughs> insurance dollars in jeez people <laughs> <laughs> Hey, uh, since uh, since we have Sean, I, I'm pretty sure you all know what uh, what that means. It's time for Lost in the Zone. Are you ready to battle? Take it away, Sean. All right, so I uh, got two things for you. Um, the first thing, and since you brought up Wizard of Oz, we'll do that first. Um, now that Stern has gotten on board the uh, post DMD machines by putting a uh, an entire monitor in the back glass for uh, WrestleMania. Thought it'd be good to kind of talk about uh, wh- how we feel about that, you know, are they kind of uh, you know, is this the you know, is this going to be the next big thing in pinball? Is it just a gimmick? What kind of thing is it? Um Wait, so well, they I, maybe am I maybe am I looking at the pro version? Uh when I looked, it looked like it was still a regular size uh, DMD screen, but I was thinking it was just a an LED screen instead. I You're saying it's the same size as this is the LE. This is the oh, okay. LED. So maybe I haven't seen the it. it. So it's the same size as what uh, Wizard of Oz has. I think it's a little smaller, um, and I couldn't really tell from the picture of it because it obviously wasn't on. It was just kind of like a, 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 a. I don't even know if it was really a photograph or more of an artist rendering, but it almost looked like it has a DMD as well. Hmm. Uh, but um, more generally, just the um, you know the whole concept of having this you know an LCD screen in the back glass. So Wizard of Oz obviously was the first to do it. Um, you know, by all accounts, they made good use of the thing. Um, I mean, it shows clips from the movie, and and uh, you know when you're saving Toto, you can actually see the woman running away with Toto in the basket and the, on the bicycle and, and everything. Hey, sure. But I'm- yeah. I'm having a look at the um, the LE. I'm just looking at an ArcadeHeroes.com post about the LE, and there's actually it doesn't actually have an LCD in the back box. It actually has what they call the uh, there was a particular name they gave to the uh, the massive stadium TVs in WrestleMania. I think it escapes me at the moment, but they've actually got that in the play the very back. 
Yeah, 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 something like that, Jumbotron or whatever it's called. Anyhow, they've got like a little LED screen in the playfield, sort of around where the uh, uh, the they, dot matrix display would be. Maybe they the maybe they yeah, changed sorry. it then. Um, yeah, they've because I know standard... I saw a picture of one, but I, like I said, it was it wasn't even really a photograph. It was more <laughs> like a uh, almost like a drawing of it. Uh, and yeah. I haven't been um, I haven't been following it because to be honest, WrestleMania does not interest me one iota as a theme. <laughs> I could care less. Um, I, I, yeah. I they they found the one theme that I could care about less than X Men and Marvel characters. Um, but you know, such is life. Um, so so yeah, anyway, we'll, the... we'll 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 forget WrestleMania since nobody's really sure what that thing is. We'll just concentrate on Wizard of Oz. Um, since the Hobbit's supposed to have that same uh, that same LCD screen as yeah. well, mm-hmm. um, so it's not like Wizard of Oz is going to be the only one that's ever does this. Um, but anyway, the um, the thing of it is, and I've I've played several Wizard of Oz's now. Um, it's a great machine, especially now that they've got some of the the new code's got some of the issues fixed. Um, it, it seems to be the thing now. You don't release uh, all, like pretty much pinball machines are in beta for the first six months of their existence <laughs> because the programmers can't get done everything they want to get done. Um, but the uh, the thing with it is, it's great if you're watching someone else play. Yes, it's a good audience tool. It, it's it's yeah. it's good for attracting attention to itself. It, it adds almost nothing while you're actually playing the game because you never have time to look at the thing. Um, mm. You're you're always, especially because Wizard of Oz is so damn bright to begin with, and it's you know the LEDs on that every LED in that thing is multicolor, and so it's constantly you know you're trying to remember okay if this arrow is flashing in this pattern and it's mostly blue that means this thing, but if it's mostly red it means this other thing. Um, you're so you know, concentrating on trying to figure out what the the stuff on the playfield means, and actually play a game of pinball, um, that you never look up. I mean, you might look up when multi ball starting, and you've got a, a a few seconds to to breathe, but it, it doesn't really do anything for the actual. I was gonna say, that, and then of course you look up, and the thing is divided up into four quadrants, and now you got to figure out what quadrant I'm actually looking at to figure out, you know, what it's asking me to do. Right. It, it's kind of it's kind of confusing to me. Uh, Just a little bit. I'll agree. And on I that. only I only got to play it uh, twice, uh, plus a couple of a handful of just you know single ball shots. But uh, full games, I only played it twice, and I found I didn't look at the DMD or the uh, monitor at all because I just I didn't know where to look. And the table, like you said, is so busy that I was trying to figure out what was even going on just on the play field, <laughs> let alone trying to look up and be like, oh, okay, yeah, it wants me to do this loop that's followed by this, that it gets me down this chain road that, you know, opens up this mode. What? <laughs> yeah, and, and and the thing is, too, is, I mean, if you do look up, it, it does have sometimes some helpful information on there um, that you can't get from looking at the play field. Like, it'll tell you how many more hits on the door you've got to, to make to open the castle up and, and rescue It'll tell you things about, you know, um, skill shots and, and multiplier. I mean, all sorts of things. But you never, you know, it, it's, you just never really have time to look at it. Um, like I said, it's great for people standing around, because then you're like, okay, that's what it was doing while I was too busy looking at the table in my last <laughs> game. Uh, but, you know, I don't, I don't know that this is... Now, I haven't seen The Hobbit yet. Um, 
I'm assuming, obviously, it will have scenes from the movies. You know, maybe they'll learn a little bit. Maybe they'll do it differently. I don't know. I don't think anybody's really in a position to say yet. But I guess the, the general question is, I mean, is this, you know, obviously when DMDs hit the scene 23 years ago, 24 years ago, um, you know, they were a big deal and it kind of changed how uh, what you could do with pinball because you could have animations, you could have much more detailed instructions, you could you could do a lot of things with the DMD that you couldn't do with an alphanumeric. Is this going to be that kind of, of revolution in pinball or is this just going to be eye candy? I think it's eye candy. And I think, but it's, it's, I don't think it's necessarily bad eye candy. Uh, again, I think it's great for drawing the crowd um, and giving, giving those standing around something else to look at. Um, I kind of feel that way even with, uh, we got to play the new color DMD on the Simpsons table. And while you're playing it, you're kind of like you're aware there's colors or whatever, but you're not, you know, eyeballing it at all. But those of us standing around waiting our turn, we were just like, oh my gosh, look at that! Oh, that looks so cool! And all, you know, and, you know we're talking about all the animations that are going on because we're not looking at the ball. So, right. I think for an for an audience perspective, it works. For a player perspective, I don't think it adds anything. Although I should say, I'll, I'll take one thing back: when you hold the flipper, waiting for your status, uh, you know, for the status report. I'm sure it's much easier to read, you know, status report on on a oh, big yeah. monitor than it would be oh, on a yeah. DMD. It'll it'll tell you everything you want to know and, right. and then some. And uh, the other thing it's good for, although this isn't even really a player thing, but when you're in the operator's menu, it is so much easier to navigate that thing because it oh, displays yeah, yeah. so much more. I mean, it's 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 so easy to run tests. The uh, the lamp grid and stuff actually like shows the pinball table. Like you know where it, it is, instead of just being a box of squares. Do you know yeah, what it ahead. reminds me of? It actually reminds me a little bit of the Pin 2K um, diagnostics menu, but much, yeah. much better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Of. It's just so good to use. I remember when I was uh, doing diagnostics on that, I found a trick where you could actually use the uh, the pinball back glass as uh, from the Pin 2K um, back glass as a uh, a quick way to see the diagnostic screen while you've got the playfield open. So you can just slide that in. It's got these two little notches where the back glass goes in, so you can sort of see what's going on. It's a bit of a hot tip there. I'll have to remember that. If so I what, would everybody's preference, what would everybody's preference as a player be? Uh, would you, right. Do you prefer just digits, reels, alphanumerics, DMD, uh, or monitor? I don't know. I think I'm talking about I, as a player. As a player. Well, yes. I'll, give a, I'll throw another um, perspective into the pool here. On... Um, there's a game a lot of uh, pinball arcade fans would be familiar with called Revenge of the Robobot. Now, what these guys do is they actually have the full-size back glass, uh, which is just an, uh, a, a normal sort of DMD-style um, back glass. But because it's a digital pinball table, what they've got is they've got a, a terse version of the back glass in a little, very small windowed region that just displays the pertinent messages up on the DMD. Um, and that would be kind of cool to have in playfield view when you're playing a game as complex as something like, uh, um, you know, The Wizard of Oz or something like that, just to give you cues quickly that you could just dart your eyes up at and just as a quick reference guide, essentially, while you're playing, rather than being having to parse the massive LCD screen and go, ah, uh, I just need to find out this information. 
and, and maybe that's maybe that's why Stern moved that monitor where they did. Maybe one of them. Yeah, maybe. Idea. Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it's utilized in game. Jeff, when I'm playing, I, gu- I guess I just you know I don't find myself really looking up the, at the DMD that much anyway, unless it's like a video mode or something. I I basically you know I just like to see my score, and that's about it, really. I mean. I could take it or leave it. So as far as the LCD screen goes, eh, it's it's cool, like you guys say, for people that are observing. As a player, I really I could do without it, but it's it's fine. I think as a player, for me, I like alphanumerics, and the whole reason being is the information that I need, which is my score and what ball I'm on, is almost always on display. And yeah. I know that there's some DMDs now where you're like, can you please just get off the animation so I can see what my score is or what one of the other players' scores is so that I can, you know, figure out if I'm if I'm close to them. Um Well what the new the newer Sterns do, um which I actually didn't like it at first because it kinda cuts down on the area that you can use for other things, but after playing League a bit I've understood why they do it. The area on the left is pretty much permanently the your score and then whoever else is playing with you. Right. And the animations are confined to the area on the right. So no matter what is going on, you can always tell you know, what your score is and what it is in relation to the other players. Um, but yeah, some of the, the Williams machines, especially the 90s, the late 90s ones, are really bad about that. You'll oh, get yeah. into some mode and you won't be able to see your score for like you know the entirety of the mode. It's just like, okay, I'm like one million points behind this other player. I really need to see, <laughs> you know, do I need to take this risky shot or not? Yeah, the other thing I liked about the alphanumerics is that whenever anything important happened so it would capture the ball and you know whatever the information would go streaming across across the bottom of it for you to read but you could safely read it without worrying about the ball bouncing around and this isn't always the case on uh, a lot of the DMD machines Um, Williams is fairly good about pausing the ball and then giving you information Um, but I have noticed on some Sterns and stuff where it's throwing information and graphics and animation at you, and there's, you're like, I can't look up because I've got three balls in play right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you which one's really bad about that is Lord of the Rings. Because um, it's got that delayed lock on the right side, and mm-hmm. you can be looking up at something, and it's, you know, unbeknownst to you, that pin has dropped in the, the right return lane, and a ball's being fed to your flipper, and it gives you zero, you know, it doesn't even flash a light or anything to let you know, hey, buddy, something's going on down here that perhaps we should take a look at. Um, I lost quite a few balls before I realized it was doing that. Um, yeah, the, the the newer Sterns are a little better about it, like ACDC usually. Um, sometimes it'll it'll catch the ball and, and do stuff. Now, the thing with ACDC, though, is a lot of its high-scoring shots are designed to be made while other things are going on, like the... Uh, the um oh I can't think of the name the the multi ball super jackpots you're you're actually supposed to fire the cannon and hit the bell while the multi ball is still going on oh man and uh, it's tough it's really tough <laughs> but uh, it scores quite a bit when you do it it's it's easily a fifteen million shot before multipliers um but yeah that one and the thing with that one is it doesn't even really I mean it flashes the the, the light in front of the bell for you but it doesn't really come out and tell you that you're supposed to do it 
And so it's uh, it actually I had to ask somebody because I'm like it's it's flashing the bell. What am I supposed to do? It was like your cannon was loaded. Fire it. I'm like I didn't <laughs> see. I was trying to keep the other balls alive. Um, but getting back to the subject on the DMDs, I mean I I grew up in the DMD era. You know the machines I played were all either late alphanumerics or early DMDs. Yeah. Um. So I mean I. You know, to me, that's what pinball is. It's it, it's not a real pin if it doesn't have a DMD in it. Um, <laughs> I I can stand Wizard of Oz. Um, it it's just I I don't know. You know, there's some tables that I think that's going to work with, and there's some other ones that's just like you know, just show me my damn score and right. you know what mode I'm in and what ball I'm on and let's let's get on with it. Um, you know, like if they had done it with something like Mustang. Um, I, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what you could put on the, the, the LCD screen. Drag races. I would want to look. At. Yeah, well, I, I know, but if like, if I want to see that, I'll go watch NASCAR or something. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. Well, I think no, there's. Like, the, there I think the, like movies the, and stuff they'll they'll be able to do it with. Yeah, but I'm but not just the, the sure. Table, like um, Corvette. Oh, it's got the the two drag racing yeah. cars both along yeah. the side. Of the we'll see. You know, Mustang could have done that, but they could have done it up on the screen. You know. Well, they probably do in some mode. It's just I'm not good enough at that table yet to get, really get very far with it. Um, but we got a Metallica and a uh, Walking Dead here now, so my attention's elsewhere at the moment. Yeah. You know who did their DMD? Actually, I mean, I think it works with its placement. And I know Sean's going to talk about this table. Circus Voltaire. I got to say know, That's that, the only one that did that. I know, and it mm. works really well. I mean, I you actually, your attention is always on that DMD a lot um, and it's amazing how just lowering it down into the playfield area those you know what five six inches um, it, it commands your attention which, so much which is easier. funny though because Circus Voltaire is a game that you don't really need to pay much attention to it true but, and it's got uh, the longest animations on the face of the earth but oh uh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. no it really does yeah yeah, you, you stop, take a cup of coffee, you know, brush your teeth, <laughs> come back. And that <laughs> video mode is so compelling. Master. Oh, that, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the travesty that is uh, the video mode. Sorry, Jared, I know you like kangaroos, but... Uh... <laughs> no, I don't like that video mode. It is my hated video mode ever. Yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> it makes me stabby, it makes my teeth itch. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... But yeah, I I I guess I you know I'm not opposed to you know monitors, but you know I I'd I'd hope that you know after the first few games they they use them intelligently and you know maybe put the important stuff at the bottom of the monitor so that you can just take a quick glance up and and get what you need to and then go back down you know look back at down at the table um, rather than divide it into quadrants like Wizard of Oz has done because yeah anything in those upper right or upper left quadrants I'm not looking at because I don't have time yeah. yeah what we really need is like a heads up virtual reality display that just has like little little things as we're looking down and play and it has a little heads up display you know so we don't even have to look up at a DMD or I know yeah I'm a digital overlay glass for your glass. <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> I want a digital overlay over the entire glass that's, so I can play Tetris at the same time as pinball and you know <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Just wait until Multimorphic get the games out. That's going to be cool. Having the um, the interactive LCD in the middle of the play field. Now, that will be a perfect implement, implementation of what we're talking about. Because that's right in the play, bo- play view. And having right. that, um, you know, that 
big screen right in the middle is just going to be a lot more intuitive for a human. Uh, Maybe see, not I for think an alien, but for a human. I don't know. Depends on the sweet. No, totally. Yeah. I, can, I would love to play one. I never will play one probably down here in Australia because they'll only be going to private collections. But, you know, it will be cool to see one. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I... Well, I guess... Well, when I see one, I'll, I'll, I'll judge it then. But it's just, it's just something, you know, something that bright and, and then you've got these, these shiny pinballs rolling over it. It just seems like a recipe for glare and distraction. Seizures and... Maybe I'll just wear my sunglasses like I do with that Ripley's and all will be well. <laughs> Polarizing lenses. <laughs> anyway. So, Sean, um, before you get into the breakdown of uh, Circus Voltaire, I, I do have to call BS on you. So, again, at uh, Tim's house, he had a, um, a uh, Twilight Zone. And that wound up being one of the tables that I had to play for, for League. And you were very adamant about... It's not so easy to do the ramp, ramp, piano into the camera shot, that four combo shot. And I'll be damned if I didn't, uh, well, apart from the fact that I was botching the camera shot, I was doing ramp, ramp, piano. I probably nailed that about five different times. <laughs> In a row? That's just because you're just over the course of the game. Just through the course of the game. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that you can do. It's doing it inter-consecutively that's the difficult part. Ah, okay. I mean, you almost have to do it that many times to get to Lost in the Zone. So, so I, I wound up skunking my other players, which I was quite stoked about because I rarely play Twilight Zone, um, either in real life or even in TPA. But I wound up doing a, I think it was a two hundred and seventy-six million or something like that. Nice. And the nearest guy to me was a hundred and sixty million, and then the other Twilight Zone. players were sub hundred million. Yeah, um, I mean those 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 combos are worth ten million, and plus whatever the piano decides to give you off the door. Right. Um, I mean, so that I mean, if you did it five times, that's fifty million to your score. I mean, that's more than a multi-ball jackpot. All right. Okay. Well, I, I just wanted to say, you know, I was like, hey, Sean didn't say this was possible, but okay. If you're saying in a row, uh, I'll. I'll retract my call. Well, you know, like you can do in TPA where you just hold, you know, hold the flipper up, it'll bounce over, and then you just, you can endlessly loop that. I'm assuming your slot machine was slightly more ill-behaved than that. I don't think I hit the slot machine once. (laughs) No, I mean like coming out of the slot machine to the the flippers. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, there's a little more randomness for I mean, mean, if somebody's got it adjusted really well, maybe you could kind of control it, but... It's not like Adam's family, which we'll get to um, in a future podcast since they're actually, uh, it's in beta now. And uh, mm. kind of interesting. Um, kind of. <laughs> their machine must play a little differently than the four that are here, but you know, whatever. <laughs> Don't worry, we've been, we've been sort of hammering well, the, we'll, the We'll dip into the that a little bit later, but uh, for, yeah. for now, let's, uh, let's, let's go forward with Circus Voltaire. Yes. Join the circus and all that. All right, um, kind of another older table, um, but uh, one of my personal favorites. Um, it's again, it's a little easier in TPA, but it's not quite as bad as some of them. It's certainly not anywhere near as bad as Twilight Zone is about that. Uh, still got your ringmaster head and all the fun, uh, the fun little bits, including the uh, very interesting outlines. Um, as far as gameplay differences between TPA and the real one, 
there aren't really that many. Um, the only real difference that people, and people have been commenting about this since uh, yeah, the, the day it came out, it is a little floatier in TPA than it is on the real table. Um, I don't know if Farsight's version of it is just slow or the playfield needs a good cleaning or if they just have it pitched lower than um, I reckon it's pitched lower because it is it plays really slow yeah the, the one in, in TPA is, is is really sluggish compared to a real one that's kept in good shape um, mm. now I have played one that has not been kept in good shape and it's about right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, that may just be all that Farsight's table needs. It may just need a good cleaning. Um, they would have the had to clean it, though, to digitize it, so I'd imagine that, you know, it, it would have been clean to start with. You know, I've seen, I was looking at some of the pictures that uh, Chris took from, the, from one of the, the... when he took that trip up there way back in the, the, yeah. the dawn of time. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, some of those... I mean, they yeah, they were restored, but they weren't... Yeah, you know, some of them still look like they were... Yeah, oh no! It was that was perfect. the biggest shock to me. I I honestly thought that these things were being fully shopped and restored and all that. And no, that wasn't the case. Basically, they're getting them running, and well, you know, they're stripping them, taking their pictures, and then getting them running so that they can actually understand how it, you know, how the ball bounces around and stuff. But no, you're right. If the, if the table isn't completely shopped, obviously it's going to play the way that they bought it. And maybe not the way yeah. it was intended. Though when they were showing the, uh, I don't remember which Kickstarter it was, but the Twilight Zone machine was in the background of the picture, and I was looking at it. And I was like, you know, that thing doesn't look that great. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, they had to meet a minimum standard of cleanliness on the playfield, so they could actually get clear shots of the art. I'm not saying that you know they'd actually completely restore the playfield because they can do that digitally, but to actually get clear shots of the existing artwork, they'd have to at least. Like get it all the the solenoid dust off at a minimum. Right. This is why it'd be really interesting for the guys to actually do something either on their Facebook page or something about the restoration process or or the process to digitize digitization. I know there's a thread about Kickstarter at the moment that's uh, running on the forum where folks were going. It would have been really nice to see that this time around with the Adams family. Um, and I I kind of agree uh, to an extent that it would have been nice to see it. Right. Anyway, get, now that we're done with this diversion, uh, <laughs> which diversion is entirely by normal. But yeah, blockade um, <laughs> podcast subtitle divergent here. Yeah, <laughs> we feel <Okay>. in tangents. <laughs> Keep on target. What's that? Um, but anyway, the, the Circus Voltaire, um, one of the uh, the last of the uh, Williams Valley machines, it came out in ninety seven. Sounds right. Uh, we'll go with it. Um. And of course, it's known for the lovely neon that runs down the uh, the right ramp. Which, if you encounter a Circus Voltaire and that neon is not working, you have the right to be disappointed because it really is. It really does make that table. It's uh, along the, the lines of Medieval Madness's Castle and Adam's Family's Multi Ball Start as one of the uh, the great visual attractions of the pinball world. Tag from Mars Strobe as well. And, yeah, it, the Strobe Multi Ball as well. Um, it does come in the, the different colors, and uh, I think the one here—it's been a while since it's been working. I think the one here is orange. Um, and normally they're matched to the little ball that's trapped in the cage on the left-hand side. So if your neon and your ball doesn't match, you know that at least one of them is not the original. Um, 
That being said, the neon tube, for whatever reason, is kind of finicky and does like to stop working on its own for no discernible reason. Um, it may be why the one at CP Pinball, he may have just finally given up on keeping that thing running. Um, It'd be really great if they could actually do some sort of LED strip mod for that and just actually make it with LEDs and just remove the uh, neon ballast and then just wire it in. Um, using LEDs instead, it would be much I'm more reliable. I'm assuming they could because I we sell lighting for a living at my company and we do a lot of neon replacement in LED now. You have to replace mm. the glass too because you need a frosted um, glass or you'll see the uh, the LEDs. Little LED dots. But um, mm. I mean, it looks just like the real thing. It's not quite as bright, um, but and you, it's a little more even, so you can kind of tell that it's not neon, but it it works it looks just fine i don't know if it would do neon multiball as well though because mm. neon you can switch on and off really fast and it will respond really quickly leds sometimes they ghost a little they take a little while to turn on and turn off and so if you've got it flashing real quick like it does in neon i don't know if it would look quite right or if it would look different somebody'd have to try it um, yep I'm sure it could probably be solved with appropriate circuitry, but this is uh, the pinball podcast and not the electrical engineering podcast, so we're not going to go any further <laughs> into that. Um, Thank God. As, as interesting as that might be. Uh, so, actually playing the machine. Yeah, after all that, we're actually going to talk about how to play the thing. Um, uh, this is kind of like um, Medieval Madness in that there is a, a kind of a tournament-approved way of playing it, and then there's the fun way of playing it. <laughs> the tournament-approved way of playing it is to basically smash the ringmaster's face over and over and over again. Um, That's how I play. This depends on your ROM, though. Um, the If you have all but the newest ROM, and by newest I mean uh, 1.4, not the, uh, the 2.0 home ROM, um, all but the newest one, you can do what you can do in TPA, and you can... Basically, after you bash the ringmaster enough times to start ringmaster battle, um, you don't actually win ringmaster battle. You just let it, you know, you, you smack them around a few times and then you, you kind of let the mode go. The reason for doing that is the ringmaster battle mode scores ridiculous points. Um, pretty much getting to a million a hit. It's, it's actually more lucrative than finishing the mode. You do get an extra ball for finishing, but after you do that, the ringmaster's locked out until um, you join the circus, which is kind of difficult on a real one. Now, if you've got the 1.4 ROM, they, uh, they wised up, and whether you win or lose ringmaster battle, it resets the ringmaster back to uh, the first one, and you have to climb through Frenzy, Raz, and Special to get to the battle again. Even still, uh, because the right flipper bounce to the ringmaster's head is such a safe shot compared to everything else on the table, you're still probably better off doing it. It'll go a little slower, but, I mean, in league conditions, you're not really concerned about how long the next player has to wait. In fact, the, the more Sorry. agitated you can make him, the better, because he'll make <laughs> mistakes when he plays. Um, the tactic. psychology of pinball for you. Um, so... Yes, you know if you're if you're going for pure score, that's probably the way to do it. Um, we're not going to cover that because a um, that's already covered in the uh, the CV tactics and strategies thread on the forum, which you can go see. Um, and b for for just playing for fun, it's boring as hell, and you don't get to see all the fun other things that the table can do. Um, 
But it's a good way of not getting frustrated. <laughs> well, that and it is satisfying to smash the ringmaster's face over and over again, especially when he's taunting you. Yes. Oh. Yeah. You Although that being, that being said, I came across uh, <laughs> the table that I played recently. So ringmaster is down, right? So I'm just trying right. to hit the uh, the wow targets. The wow targets. But he didn't seat properly. Oh. So and, and the magnet, and I've seen this on a lot of these. The magnet that's in the center that captures the ball is kind of a raised a little bit higher sometimes. Yeah. Anyway, it wound up acting like a ramp, and the yeah. ball would continually just shoot right over the top of the wow targets and land behind. Yeah. <laughs> it was like I cannot hit the ringmaster to save my life to start this mode because it's acting like a ramp. <laughs> yeah, that's... that's I've seen one like that. Um, really, the best you can do is get it on the right flipper and try to aim for, like, the w, the first, the left W and mm-hmm. wow, and hope you don't actually cross the magnet. And maybe you can graze the, you know, the top of the, the, the W target while it's flying over. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one of those uh, unfortunate... The game was almost broken. Thing if it happens, um, yeah. The pe- the perils of mechanical uh, pinball, but yes. Assuming your ringmaster is functional, that's the way to go. Um, other things you can do with the table. Um, obviously, the other main objective is to join the circus by collecting all the little lights that are in the diamond grid um, in the center. Um, most of these, honestly, it's not like. Um, the modes and stern machines where they're really involved intricate things. Most of these things that it's asking you to do are things that will happen in the course of the game anyway. Um, even the multi-balls, um, you know, juggler wants you to shoot the orbits, and um, high wire wants you to, to uh, light the locks and, and shoot up the center ramp. You're doing that for so many other things anyway that it, it's almost like the game kind of naturally progresses. Um, that being said... It is worthwhile to try to stack each of those two multi balls with something, um, if you can. High wire and one of the ringmaster multi balls is really fun because you get four balls instead of, especially that first one. Frenzy's only a two ball multi ball, and with the outlines being the way they are, the multi ball does that one doesn't always last very long. Um, so making it a four ball by combining it with high wire is very nice and gets you lots of points. Juggler can be combined with Strike and Arc, or or not Strike and Arc. That one's only high wire. Um, I mean, it basically, just stack your multi balls. Um, you'll kind of know where you are in the sequence. Um, if you don't, it's not the end of the world. Um, of the multi balls themselves, Juggler's probably the easiest to do well on, just because it gives you three options for the the. Uh, the jackpots, the the left and right orbits, and the uh, the little inner orbit around the back of the the ringmaster, um, and those are all relatively safe shots, except for if you do the orbit, the inner orbit, the other way, where you go right to left, it will probably try to center drain on you. Um, that inner orbit is kind of deadly like that. Um, that's one of the reasons why people gen- don't generally go for the spin. Um, the spin uh, marvel right away just because it's A, it kind of happens anyway, and B that shot's, you know, why would you make a risky shot at the beginning of the game? You know, save it for when you, ha- save it, do all the, the, the lucrative stuff first and save it for when you have to. Um, 
other than that, the outlines, um, since we've mentioned them, they are the same as they are in TPA. The inner divider is missing. You, uh, And the thing with the real one is it's kind of... It's not that they're obstructed. It's not like uh, Star Trek or ACDC where there's a cannon in your way and you literally can't see the outline. But it's kind of visually busy down there. In fact, both of them are, are rather, you know, everything's red near there. And it's kind of hard to actually see where the stuff is sometimes. But generally, side-to-side motion, as we've uh, discovered in pretty much every game I've reviewed, side-to-side motion is bad. It will, uh, <laughs> it will get you in an outline. And because Circus Voltaire's outlines are so huge, since they're technically the outline and the inline, um, you really, really, really don't want bouncing around on your slingshots. Um, nudge, bump, you know, if you have to burn a warning, so be it. But get them off those slingshots. If you do get in the outlines, um, well, the first thing you can do is, if you see the ball heading over there, you can kind of bump the table up and see if you can actually make it hit the top of the slingshot and bounce upwards. Um it's safer to do that on the right side um, because there's really not much else up there unless the uh, the volt balloon is is going, um, and so you usually just kind of bounce up harmlessly and it'll it'll fall back down to somewhere where you can catch it. If you do it on the left side, it's still worth doing, but you may hit the uh, menagerie ball, and um, that thing kind of throws the ball wherever it wants depending on how it how it hits. Um, the physics of that are kind of weird because you've got you know steel ball hitting you know kind of rubbery ball. I don't think it's rubber, rubber at all. I think it's a, a it's a plastic ball, kind of like what you'd see in a bolted. Um, yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, I always thought it was like a racket ball, and it's hollow. It's hollow. hollow. It's it's a hollow plastic. plastic ball. I wonder if somebody's replaced the one in here, the one here, to make it more interesting then. I don't know. I mean, it's it's yeah. colored like the. I mean, it's the right color. Yeah. It's not like it's you know somebody put a um, like a little tiny medicine ball in there mm-hmm. or something. Because that table's at three of the houses that we play at, and all three of them, it's it's a plastic ball. You know, injection mold plastic. You know, hollow. Um, it's it's enough to divert the pinball, but it's not actually bouncing the pinball. I'm just getting all sorts of facts wrong today. Um, Gee, Sean. I know. <laughs> I know. Let's go shopping. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, gonna have to dock your pay, man. Re- oh, I haven't gotten any pay. That those damn carrier pigeons can't seem to cross the Pacific to get me my check. Um, <laughs> I blame you, your union pigeons, Jared. Um, pigeons, yeah, it's, it's, it's the, coming uh, with your T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> any time now, real soon. <laughs> Keep your eye on that mailbox. Oh, anyway, regardless of the composition of the Menagerie ball, um, it is slightly more dangerous to hit it. Uh, it will ascend it in some random direction and sometimes straight back down the, the outlane that you were trying to get it out of. If you actually get in the outlanes, uh, probably the best thing to do is try to use the walls of the machine to kind of gently push it into the inlane. There's a trick to this because if you slam it too hard, the ball will get thrown into the side of the slingshot and go back outward to the outlane, which is not what you want. Um, So even though you're probably completely panicked and freaking out by this point, you have to use a light touch so that you do not nudge it too hard so that it just kind of rolls gently into the inlane area and not slammed against the slingshot and back out. Um, for the rest of the modes, um, you know, acrobats, 
you know, all the other stuff just kind of do the 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 balloons probably will spell themselves several times out of um, the uh, the vault um several times in the course of the game there is an extra ball for getting 15 hits on that uh that volt balloon it's kind of a pain to do that um simply because that that one balloon does have a little ring on it that kicks out and um trying to keep the ball anywhere near that thing is is interesting probably your best bets to actually try to aim to the right of it and see if you can get it trapped between that bumper and the other two and see if it'll bounce back and forth a few times um other extra balls, the the one for Ringmaster Raz is in there. If your operator has changed the setting, it may be Frenzy or Special instead. If it's Frenzy, yay. If it's Special, you're probably not going to see it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the games don't last. At least the ones here. The games don't last too long just because the outlines are so evil. Um, to be honest, probably, I think replay on the one here is like 10 million? 9 million? I mean, it's low. It's it's not like it is in TPA where it's 25. Um, so you may not be seeing very much of the game each time you play it, unless you have your you, you have your A game. Um, if you do get to join the circus, I've only managed this a couple of times, but if you, if you do get there, um, obviously go nuts while the ball savers are still going. Um, just hit everything you can with reckless abandon. Um, once it starts flashing really fast, try to trap up. Um, you don't want to be playing um, the the circus rounds with a juggling style, just because it's asking you to make pretty precise shots. And there's pretty much you do get score while the rest of the um, you know the stuff that you're hitting on the rest of the table, but it's just the base value of the targets. You can't actually activate anything. Um, so there's really no benefit in having the balls running around striking things because you're only going to get you know the couple hundred points at the, the base switch value. Um, that being said, probably the the things you want to hit right away are the R for the the high wire ramp and the S for the acrobat orbit because those are the two hardest things to hit. Um, the ramp in particular you want to do while the ball save's still going so that if you miss and you hit one of the lock targets instead and the ball goes racket, rocketing down to the center. Um, you don't lose your ball from it. Um, Unmask Voltaire is going to be the hardest part of it. You have to alternate the Ringmaster and that absolutely evil ramp. And for some reason, the ramp that you've been hitting all day, you know, all damn game to, to do high wire and arc, uh, strike and arc and all the other multiples, it will disappear from the play field on you in this. Um, even though it it's right there. I mean, it is now it, a it, centimeter it, wide. Yeah, it, it's a big <laughs> ramp, and it's right, I mean, it's it looks like I should be able to hit this thing in my sleep. You you will not be able to hit it. Um, I don't know what it is about. The, even in TPA, I have a devil of a time hitting that. If you get past that part, the uh, the last part with the meet the circus members is just shoot the lit jackpots. Just shoot carefully. There's really not a strategy to it. You have to make the shots in the order that it wants you to. So just kind of go. Um, I wish I could tell you what party multiball looks like on a real one. Unfortunately, I've never actually uh, finished... You know, gotten that far in a real one. Um, I imagine it's the massive frenzy that it is in NTPA. Just kind of shoot everything. Um, everything's lit for a million anyway, so have fun. Um, <laughs> that that, and if if you've gotten that far in this game, you you probably are not listening to my. Uh, I was gonna say you're really not to... needing your tips, are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're probably not needing my advice at this point. 
Um, especially since I, I, I seem to be fact challenged today. Um, I'm pretty anyway. sure that Bowen is listening to our podcast all the time. You know, he's getting all sorts of good tips from me, Sean. Well, you know, the number of times I reference him um, in these, because that's kind of where I learned to play, was his, his tutorials on the, uh, well, first the Papa website. Now they got the uh, Papa TV thing going now that their, their Kickstarter is over. Um, and, and a shameless plug, I'm not involved with them, but if you haven't actually uh, experienced Papa TV, you should, because they broadcast tournaments. They, um, In fact, I think they're going to be doing Pinberg um, coming up. I can't remember if it's end of March or early April. Look it up on the site for what day it is, but um, one of their two main tournaments, and uh, they have live commentary, and, and uh, it's actually quite interesting. Um, your non-pinball playing friends won't think so, but you know they make me watch golf on TV, so I don't. Really care. <laughs> um, and then they've got all their the pretty much gameplay videos, tutorial videos. I think they're up to like fifty or sixty tutorials, everything from you know early Stearns and, and Fathom, and and all the way through the latest uh, the latest modern Stearns. Uh, it's really a great resource for anybody who's thinking about uh, playing real pinball. Um, lots of tips, lots of things that you probably would never have discovered on your own. And it's all free. Uh, they don't even ask for donations. So go and watch. But we do. Um. <laughs> anyway, that's really about all I have for the uh, the table this time. Um, obviously, the next time we'll be covering uh, you know, that, that table that they uh, had the big Kickstarter for and um, has a cousin hit on it. What is, what is that table? Oh, 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 wait a second. Oh, guys. Oh, guys. Oh. Guess what? I have somebody. Uh, I have somebody calling in right now. Oi! Are you think your effects are all doing, eh? Dear God, heretic! <laughs> it's it's oh, God. heretic. Who left heretic, the barn door open? What there? in the hell are you doing here? Y'all owe me an apology. What are you, what are you talking about? An apology? Why do we owe you an apology? Well, y'all mocked me all those times against Adam's family. Oh, God. Are we, like, going back in time to one of our early podcasts? Is, is that what you're referring to? Aye. You did that contest where you, where you had everybody try and guess what the table was. And I always guessed the Adam's family. Y'all mocked me for it. Well, yeah, we mocked you because you were, like, way off base on all of them. Because you were dead wrong all the time? Yeah? Well, well, who's the smart guy now, eh? What's the first table that's come out out of all those guesses? Adam's family. So I was right. He does have a point. Go guys. home, heretic. You're drunk. <laughs> You're drunk. And, Go home. And stoned. So, so seriously, dude, what the, that's what you, you called in for right now was just to, to ask for an apology? Well, no, it's also my birthday. Yes, it was your birthday. Um, yes, happy birthday to you, heretic. We all have them. Yay. How'd you celebrate? <laughs> Mm, had a pee in a bong. All right, see you then. <laughs> Later, <laughs> fix. Wow. The man is consistent. I'll, I'll give you that. The man, That's... the myth, the legend. You know, the, th- the thing was, is I knew that phrase was coming, and I was still startled by it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was waiting for it, and it was still he, shocking. He says it every time. I mean... You know, since it is the end, um, I think Jared is our official uh, closer of the door, but we now need to make Jared do it in funny voices. Last time we had him do it as a uh, a squealing teenage girl. Um, let's see, what could we have Jared do it at? Jared, I'd like to hear you close the door as an old man. 
relieving himself. All <laughs> 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 oh, right, okay. I love how you set these challenges live. You don't give me any. <laughs> well, of course, <laughs> that would be. You can't have time to prepare. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> don't shut the door. <laughs> <laughs> Does that work? <laughs> I it, it'll suit the purpose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it worked. <laughs> so, uh, it was requested of me, based off of how I did the giant movie list last time, that somebody said, hey, we would like to hear Shut Your Traps Oscar picks. But uh, here's the thing. Of the best pictures that are out, I've seen two. <laughs> oh, and that would Our be uh, Birdman and and Grand Budapest Hotel. So it wouldn't be exactly fair of me to actually, you know, give what my picks are or what even deserves the pick. Oh, because... I don't know. Apparently, I've been talking about things that I know nothing about all podcasts. So why should I have all the fun? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like looking at the list right now. I'm like, let's see, American Sniper. Yeah, and you know, I'll watch it at some point, but I really don't want to pay for it. And uh, Boyhood, I've been attempting to rent it over and over, and then I just, you know, rent things like Let's Be Cops instead. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> you know, you got the 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 imitation game, which is like, oh yay, historical drama, yay, and uh, Selma, which is like. Again, historical drama, yay. And then uh, they've got the theory of everything, which this one cracks me up because I understand that the actor did a really good job of of portraying Hawking, but every other report said the movie sucked. <laughs> I mean, like, the movie itself isn't great. It's just a really good acting performance. And, yeah, I already saw one of those movies, which you all really call would be Beasts of the Southern Wild, and I hated that. So I'm like, no, I'm not watching any movies just for the actor. It's got to be actually be good. Um, the one that I, was re- I did want to actually see, I was going to try and see it when I was out in New Orleans and it wasn't playing anymore, was uh, Whiplash, which is the, uh, the band instructor just railing on the drummer over and over again. Um, that one I'm yeah, actually... I thought that was all right. Yeah, and I think it actually is out on video now, so I might have to check that out. But uh, no, I'm not making any Oscar picks because I haven't seen anything. I saw Birdman, so yay if Birdman wins because I really like that movie. But, uh, you know, Oscar movies, they're not really my thing, you know, not especially when John Wick was my favorite movie of the last year. So <laughs> It's not really my thing either, but I'm guessing that Interstellar is going to win something. But it wasn't that... even nominated for any of the big categories. It wasn't? Oh, no. well, see, that shows how much I know too, so never <laughs> Um, I think. Let me see if it got a. Uh, I thought maybe. It, it well, didn't even, it didn't even get a director nod. I guess they always pick some kind of you know like artsy movie for the movie of the year. It seems like so. Yeah. Usually nothing but independent films. Yeah, you know, shows how much I know. It's it's the classic pat yourself on the back thing of making themselves feel better. But uh, anyway, so this this uh, podcast, you guys don't have to hear me blather on about movies because. I really don't have much to say. <laughs> Hooray! Touched a bullet there, buddy. <laughs> there he goes. Whoa, Matrix style. Yeah. <laughs> what I uh, what I will talk about, however, is table of the week. I hope everybody's been enjoying it so far. We've uh, we merely just cracked the surface. Um, 
you know, we've got 55 plus tables to get through. So this is a... Um, oh, it'll be good for at least a year then. Well, good for at least a year. And, mm. and I, I'm dead serious. You guys might think that I'm threatening the wrong thing, but I'm tempted to go into Zen tables after we roll through all the TPA tables. We'll Why see not? if... Uh, we'll see if there. Yeah, well, there's plenty there. You know, and it's just one of the things where I think... What inspired me to to want to do this, and uh, and yes, I I label it under blockade presents because we are the blockade and we like to promote ourselves. Um, but uh, one of our one of our users, uh, one of the forum members, uh, Leroy Third, he uh, had contacted me and wanted to do a little uh, tournament just between me and him, and so we picked two tables, one from TPA and one from Zen, and th- I hadn't been playing much. You know, digital pinball at all, and just that—it was like I was throwing in at least a game a day. Um, and you know, we were we would you know then text each other and be like, "Oh, I just knocked off your score," and then you know get back, "Oh, I just did that," and it was you know, it was cool. We were going to do it for an entire month. We pretty much petered out after a week, and that's when I realized, you know what, spending more than a week on one table or even two is—it's kind of asking a lot. Um, but I wanted to have more of it, and that's why I thought, well, let's just see if uh, if we can get any attention on the forum. And the forum has responded uh, rather well. I mean, I don't know exactly how many people are actually doing this thing, um, but it certainly has reinvigorated uh, conversations on tables that are long since released. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it's also putting the massive eye of Sauron on all the tables that were in season <laughs> one and and two, and we're going, oh, that's balked. This is broken. That art's wrong. Sorry, Farsight. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're making a lot more work for you now, eh? <laughs> yeah, you could you could kind of tell the difference. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. You know, it's good. Again, it's good to re you know reapply. But and I think some of yeah, it I too th- though is. Now that some of the hype has gone down on some of these tables, maybe we can reevaluate them on you know on that standpoint too. Well, I think the yes. other thing that's happening is I think Farsight was taking at least a halfway uh, art pass through some of them because I know like uh, No Good Gophers, um, at least on mobile, its ramps are translucent again. Yeah, mm-hmm. transparency. Mm-hmm. Yay! And that's true. Like they're they're doing what they can um, that doesn't require um, an art pass as long as the the ramps. The original resource files for the ramps were um, made with transparency. They've been able to, like, the developers can just go through and adjust the transparency on those. But if the uh, the resources for the ramps didn't actually have any transparency baked in, that requires an art pass. Same with alpha effects on flashes as well. It's an often requested thing for me. I'm sure Farsight's sick of hearing from me about it now. But Yes. Yeah, oh my flashes. god, it's that damn be... alpha person again. Oh, it's that Jared. <laughs> I wish he'd shut up about the alpha. <laughs> yeah, so it's me, me, Mr. Alpha, Jared Alpha Morgan. <laughs> that's your new but, name. Yeah, that's right. So, if yeah. If it's something it's the programmers can do, it. then then it can uh, be done. But if it's something the art requ- the art team requires, then well, <clears throat> good luck. Yeah, eh? no dice, no dice, no dice. So I'd be, I'd be very curious. I don't, I don't know. Older. If Farsight has access, you know, I don't know if it's baked into their program about uh, uh, usage and plays per, you know, for specific tables or whatever. But I'd be very curious to see if all of a sudden they've seen an uptick or a spike in um, in some of these table plays, uh, where we are going to actually find out how many people are actually participating. Is that starting the February twenty eighth, 
the final Saturday of every single month, we are going to be doing a tournament. And what that tournament will be comprised of is the last few uh, tables of the week that we've been playing. Um, I think for this first one, we might wind up with five tables, um, just because we started uh, mid-January. So I don't want it to... I wasn't going to think only four tables, but then we're always like behind. Anyway, it's still being worked out. But um, last Saturday of, of the month, that's all I have to remember, um, there's going to be a 12-hour window for people to play the tables and post their scores to a website that we will be uh, posting on Twitter and on the forum for everybody to post their scores into. The posting of the scores will be completely anonymous, to, so nobody else will get to see what your score is. The big thing, and this is where uh, we're, we're hoping that you guys are honorable in this request, we don't want this to be a grind fest. Um, if you want a grind fest, go play the Farsight's tournaments. This is what it's like in most leagues. Uh, we're going to give you two chances to play the table. Which is one more than you'd get in a league. Uh, yeah, I only exactly. get one chance in the league. But you know what? I know you're at home. Nobody else is walking, you know, looking over your shoulder. Your first two balls are house balls and go right down the drain. And you're like, well, screw this. I'm not going to post this as my score. I'm going to play. That, that one didn't count. I'm going to play the next, you know, the next game. So I'm asking everybody, you got two chances to play the tables. Pick the top score from whichever table. Post that as your score. Like I said, if you want to do grinding, then fine. Grind, go play on the leaderboards, go play in Farsight's tournament. That's not what this is about. Um, this is more about seeing what can you do with limited chance of uh, doing it. So it is the honor system. There's no way we can enforce that, unfortunately. That's why, though, I'm getting a 12-hour window. Again, I will post the times that uh, scores have to be uh, uh, put in as we get closer to the date. Um, all that stuff will be communicated later. Here's uh, what you do want to know, though. So, let's say of the tables that we have been played so far, which is uh, Firepower, Genie, and uh, currently Flight 2000. Oh, and uh, Attack from Mars. So there's four tables. Um, so you go to play Genie. You're going to be thrown into a bracket with uh, three other people. And with those three people, it'll be randomly selected who those three people are. And I'm going to try and post who your heats are uh, ahead of time just so you can know who you're up against. But anyway, uh, those four scores are the ones that will be compared against each other. Top score will get 10 points, second place gets 8 points, third, sixth, and fourth will get four points. That'll happen across every single one of the tables. You, everybody will play all the tables. The next table you play, you'll be playing with a completely different group of uh, people, probably. You know, There might be one or two people that... Uh, mix back in, but we're trying to I'm going to try and randomize it so that you're always playing against different people. And then at the end of that, it's whoever has the most points not uh, scores from the tables, but those you know, 10, 8, 6, and 4 points that's who's going to win the uh, tournament. So if you're only having 4 tables, maximum points would be 40 points. In the case of a tie, that's when we go and look at head-to-head -head scores on individual tables and uh, see who came out on top of that. So, that's what we're asking. Um, and we'll see how this first tournament runs, uh, work out the kinks from there. But we hope you all participate. Um, have fun with it. Don't be dicks. Don't make up fake scores. And in regards to the fake scores, we're not going to ask that everybody shows proof of their scores. However, if anybody questions your score and says, come on, that looks like bogus BS 
no way did you score that. We will expect a screenshot. Um, you will have to post that screenshot so that we can see, and uh, we're going to need a timestamp of some sort. Jared says that on mobiles, uh, the timestamp is baked into the photo itself. Is that correct, Jared? Yeah, so if you do a screen cap on, I know with Android, if you do like the, the key code command to capture the screenshot, it's actually in the, um, the image data, and um, you know, there are ways you can fudge that, but really, come on, would you for a pinball tournament? <laughs> Just exactly. don't. Exactly. Just, you know. And so, for people yes. taking photos of their actual monitors, uh, whether it's their TV, you know, because they're playing console, or their computer monitor because they're playing Steam, um, I might put up a a word that you have to put on a post-it note and slap that on your screen so that I know that's actually included. If you're on Steam, just hit print screen and it'll take a screenshot and then just paste it into oh, yeah. your photo it's editor. Okay. okay. So anyway, um, like I said, this the we have no way of enforcing that. We're just asking people to, you know, come on, play fair. This is all for good fun. Now, have here's some the exciting part. Personal honor. That's and personal right. honor. And yes, the personal honor will be uh, you've all seen our logo. I will be making up special logos where in the background it'll be gold, silver, silver, or bronze. Um, top three finishers for the tournament will be able to proudly display that on the forum page as their avatar and say, Look, I won for this month. Um, oh, I know. Baby. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> But here's the, here's the exciting thing. Uh, I'm thinking about once every three months, we're going to do a super tournament. A super tournament will comprise, say, 12 tables uh, for everybody to play. And the good news with that is Mike, our friend over at wizardamusement.com, he will be providing prize. Guess what it is? That's right, Custom Rod Shooter! Woo! Baby! Yeah! If you, uh, Sweet! Yeah, if you saw the picture from uh, our last winner of our Twitter contest, you know they're pretty damn cool. So, uh, like I said, wizardmusements.com. He's going to be providing them. Go visit their site if you want to just buy one. You'll get 10% off if you mention uh, Blockade Podcast. Um, and I'm hoping that maybe we can uh, work in a price or two else. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Again, um, it's, all, it's all in the... the beginning stages um, and then on top of all of that your points that you earn each month so let's say you earn you know 36 points this uh, this month and then you earn you know 28 points the next month whatever well those are going to be uh, accumulated and we'll keep track uh, kind of like a season um, so you can see where you're faring against other people uh so again, you know, we're just trying to make it fun, make it interactive, make it something that uh, uh, keeps you guys interested in playing digital pinball. Because I know this far into the release, it's kind of hard to keep your interest. <laughs> yeah, it is. Like, it's a bit of a grind sometimes. You go, ah, which table do I play today? At least this one gives you a sort of a focus, focus each week. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's You're a gonna good time. You're going to skip going so. nuts, right? You know, I'm planning on having, like, going nuts, El Dorado, and lights, <laughs> camera, action all in the same uh, period. Get it out of, the, get it out of your system. <laughs> oh, tournament. come on. El Dorado's at least a couple of steps above those two. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I, um, I, I found a randomizer online, and I just put in the list of all the tables, and then I push randomize, and whatever comes up number one, that's the table that we pick. And... It did pick lights, camera, action right after Genie, and I couldn't do it. <laughs> so I was just like, 
Sorry, guys, Nobody I can't. I can't go there. You know, I'm still. This <laughs> this, this thing is still out. in the infancy. I want people to actually want to do this, not just be like, "Oh my God, he's picked the worst." So, um, I would. <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking of building a little spinning wheel, and then you know, going on Twitch and doing a live broadcast of what table we picked. And I was just like, <laughs> "Does it really? Does anybody care?" No. So. <laughs> Probably like not. Tuning uh, in for the lotto numbers or something. All right. Exactly. Well, that's you know, yeah. In my head, I'm like, oh yeah, well, ping pong balls bouncing and you know, some some <laughs> But oh yes, today's table no, is. <laughs> now I want to see you do it just to see if you can pull it off. Yeah, well, I couldn't. I'm not mechanically inclined. <laughs> Although, not build the machine. Just do the. Uh, oh. Just do the uh, announcing bit. <laughs> that'd be if I could actually figure out how to do Twitch to begin with, because I'm just bad that way. You know, yeah, I've got, all, you there. I've, I've, I've got all the programs it. downloaded, but I can't figure out for the life of me how to make them talk to each other and actually, you know, make it broadcast. So, oh no, I can't get my this, IRC so. to work for the chat room right now. So, I mean, I, I'm definitely not qualified to do Twitch. I, I think I think I need to uh, to you know call in uh, Pinball Wiz and. Uh, have him hook me up or something, <laughs> or maybe yeah, I should just have him do it one. I should have him do it during one of his because uh, he does a weekly uh, a weekly Twitch feed. <laughs> have him announce it during his Twitch feed. Look <laughs> him in. Our captain, him and Captain could team up and yeah, exactly. Do a show. Speaking of Twitch, did you guys see the the Chocolate Rain guy has a Twitch channel now? <laughs> oh really? No. Yeah. What? Yeah. He's he's uh, <laughs> he's broadcasting Hearthstone now. Tazon oh. Day. Yeah, it's funny. He's he's actually the other night he had like it's almost five thousand viewers. He was like one of the top streamers for for the Switch. channel or whatever. Speaking you know? of Hearthstone, Jeff posted a link to a video that showed him kicking the butt of the number one European player. Hello. Yeah, I did. That was crazy. I I was like watching the stream earlier that day. And I was like, Hey, uh he's number one legend on uh Europe European servers. Then he came over to the North American... Usually what they do is once they get it on one server, they'll move over to you know the North American server or the Asian server or whatever and try to get Legend on every... World every, domination. Because so, it resets every month, so that's like the race to get Legend on every server. So then he comes over to the North American server, and I saw that his rank was similar to mine, which is, I think, around like 9 or 10 at that time. Yeah, he was at number 9. Dude, that's high. <laughs> I'm 25. <laughs> and, so he, and so like I, I, I was just watching a stream, and then I was like, oh, that's cool, you know? And then I went to play, and I'm like, "Holy crap!" It matched me up with him. <laughs> and it just like kind of shocked me. Oh, it's yeah, like, Chaka, let's lay down to smack. Yeah, because at first I wouldn't think it was really him, you know, because I mean, you can like change your name to be anything, pretty much. I mean, yeah. but the fact that he was the same rank as me I was like, and I saw what deck he was playing and everything. The bummer was that his stream didn't have any. They had to mute out the audio because I guess he was listening to music or something. Yeah, I don't know. yeah. So I couldn't hear. I really want to hear what he was saying because I'm looking at the, you know it's got the the picture in picture so it's showing him playing and he couldn't have looked any more bored. <laughs> That's how he is. Yeah, he like doesn't even look, like in between his plays he's just like looking off on his other monitor you know reading chat and stuff he like all nonchalant and everything. But I I did see a couple times where he, he got a little wide eyed at some of my plays and I think the fact that I was a golden <laughs> a golden paladin which is kind of rare. Because uh, you guys may or may not know this, but Paladin was like considered one of the weaker classes for a while. So to okay. to have a golden portrait in that class is pretty respectable. It's it's pretty rare because not very many people played that class. 
And so to see a golden paladin, I saw his eyes kind of widen a little bit when he saw that in the beginning. So I was like, oh yeah, he's a little impressed, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was it was quite a treat to beat him. I, I felt pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another thing I wanted to mention. I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't uh, mention the uh, release of Time Shock, the Ultra Edition on oh, iOS. Yeah. And it's it's every bit as good as as we had hoped for. It's just gorgeous. Yeah, Sean, we at. we expect that when they actually build the real machine. Um, that you're going to do a Lost in the Zone on that. Just, oh, just he give has me a heads to. up. He has the, uh, to. The physical machine? Yeah, yeah they're building a physical machine. Well, I know that, but I didn't think it was that close to completion. No, we're saying well, when, it, when, it, when it comes to so That's your problem. <laughs> Get on it, buddy. Let us know. Well, it depends Dude, on if CP Pitbull gets you. one. No, no, no. You're going to have to track that beast down. You're going to have to be, you know, knocking down our own doors well, and somebody traveling across in the country Louis to find it. it. There's too much pinball <laughs> going on here for, for it not to be somewhere. But yeah, anyway, the release, I think it was a smashing success so far. And I, I think the Android hopefully isn't too far off. I don't know I exactly. I hope so. I haven't really heard a lot, but I, I know that was their next goal after iOS was out to push get the uh, the Android build sorted. I can't wait. Can't wait to play it. It's going to be great. Yeah, man. All it's... digital pinball for the win. It blows anything else out of the water on on mobile as oh, far it's as gorgeous graphics. There's no yeah. doubt about it. It is gorgeous. The physics, looking. the physics are insane. When you spend what three years on one table, then damn well better be good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yeah. the thing is, though, man, it's mm. like it's... one month versus three years. Hmm. Well, to be honest with you, I take this one table over all the TPA tables combined. But that's just me. But. uh the physics are from, you know, what, 1997 or 98, and they're still way better than, you know, TPAs and... Uh, are they wildly different? I mean, I played it on the phone, and I, I hate playing TPA on the phone also. Um, so I, I, it, it was really hard for me to judge how much better the physics were. Um, I know they have better flipper physics, if that's if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, the, the In flippers... In terms of uh, ball bounce and stuff. Yeah, and you can do, you know... You actually have control over the flippers as far as you can right. do the tap passes, and I mean, it's just it just feels so much more like a real machine in, in so many regards. But it's definitely way more grueling and brutal. The, the game times are much shorter, so yeah, when you do, it is it is tough. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, hitting those ramp shots, those ramps are so damn narrow. Now, where it's now like, once I get it on PC, it'll be a little better because I can yeah. use the controller. But that's what I'm yeah really for a touch to. screen. It's it's pretty brutal. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I'm really looking forward to PC. And use my shield controller with it. It'll be great. There you go, man. On the shield tab. Yeah, it's going to be sweet. Have you guys played much on the um, the new Color Monkey um, pinball offering? What do you guys think of that? I, I, I tried it out briefly, but I don't... Uh, I used to write a free version, so it timed okay. out pretty quickly. I haven't got a chance to really take it for a spin yet. It, it requires a newer iOS than I have, and I was kind of too lazy oh. to update it, but... <laughs> I, I, I did kind of like the whole luchador. What, uh, what do they call them? Luchadores? The the Mexican wrestlers? Yeah, the l- I, luch- luchadores. Yeah, I thought that was kind of it was it was the humor was pretty amusing for what I saw. Mm. Yeah, I haven't had yeah, a yeah. chance really to to do much even with Time Shock other than to to play a couple games on it. I've actually the uh, that uh, that which sleeps game which I was talking about a couple podcasts ago is actually um, kind of heading into its beta cycle, and so I'm kind of involved with that at the moment. Oh yeah. Uh, Obviously, we'll have to take a break for when Adam's family comes out because you know we've only been waiting for this for years. So, but years. four years, four, four years, seasons. Yeah. four seasons. Yeah, a few of us have uh, been uh, got our hands on it too for the the beta purposes. 
Mm. Yeah, I need to upgrade my tablet. Um, My iPad is still on iOS 7, and Apple has screwed with the... uh, Oh, the beta, that's right. They switched. You have to be on iOS 8 to do the beta, and it's... I I, I dislike upgrading my Apple device, because it seems like every time I do that, the battery life gets shorter and the thing runs slower, but I guess I have no choice. That's how I am, too. I'm still on iOS 6. I'm assuming it's just planned obsolescence is all that is. It is. Mm, uh, it is. I've, I've been holding on to my iPad 3 for a while, and it's just like, you know, I, I, I don't need a new tablet. I, I like what I have, but it's getting to the point now where it's getting really sluggish. Anyway, Maybe first do a factory problems. reset on it. Do a factory reset on it. It always works on Android. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the... the... I think it, I don't remember if it had iOS 5 or 6 on it when it first started, but it's been upgraded a couple of times. Uh, yeah, it's probably a lot of junk lying around that. Do a factory reset. Blow out the cobwebs. Trust Jared. He knows what he's talking about. Right. Yeah. I know, I know <laughs> things about stuff. <laughs> things about stuff, exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, gentlemen, uh, I think uh, I think we've gone on long enough and uh, taxed our listeners' ears, but they'll be happy that they got a pretty much pinball-exclusive podcast out of us, which is a rare thing, and uh, nonsense and movies and crap like that for another time. <laughs> and for the errors and omissions, um, I, I did get a text in the middle of this that CP's Pinball Circus Voltaire uh, is a plastic ball. Um, they had a rubber ball in it at one point to uh, spice things up for a tournament, but that has been removed and replaced with the original plastic. So I wasn't completely losing my mind. There was wow, a that was quick. Man, you I, asked him. I, I asked him. Nice. I swear to God, there was a rubber ball on that thing at some point. I'm not losing my mind, am I? <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Anyway. Bravo. So, gentlemen, until next time, thank you so much, listeners. Thank you for uh, for tuning in. Again, check out wizardamusements.com. Go get your discounts and uh, check out some shooter rods that you may be able to win in a couple of months. Uh, play tournament of the week or table of the week excuse me keep your eyes open on twitter and on the threads for uh, all the detailed information of where to log in your scores for Jared Morgs Sean Don Carlos Jeff Strong I'm Shetcher Trap we'll catch you again later peace goodbye earthlings guten tag oh hang on I'm not bonzo (laughs) (laughs) he's having a country identity crisis you are becoming the man of a thousand voices so <laughs> oh, no, Especially old men taking a crap. <laughs> <laughs> that was. Funny. I'm scared of what was it. I- I'm scared of what was in that toilet. Personally. <laughs> yeah, All I can say is, Metamucil is your friend, man. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that was. You know, you guys didn't really like try to freak me out this time. I'm kind of disappointed. Well, we got to keep you on your toes, Sean. Oh, is this just a, this is just to lull me into a false sense of security? Is that what it is? It's something like that. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe, maybe next time we'll have Heretic in the entire time. Oh, please no. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I, th- I think Heretic might be done taking his pee. Oh, no, run! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then he forgot what the hell he was doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>